in Jesus' name. Well, as I already said at the beginning of our time together today, we're going to be talking about one of the most important aspects of our faith, the, the gift of forgiveness. Uh, forgiveness is, is everything to us as Christians. Uh, forgiveness is one of the, the, the core markers of our God. He's a forgiving God. It, it's also who we are. It's, it's our very identity. We are forgiven people, and it's our calling. We're forgiven people who forgive people. Just so you know, that's going to be a refrain that you hear today often. Forgiven people forgive people. We're going to talk about that. But because this is so important to us, because it's it's everything about who our God is and who we are and what our calling is as, as people, it's probably a good idea, I would guess you agree, for us to talk a little bit about this and to understand what it means that, that we have a forgiving God and that we are forgiven and that we're called to forgive. And so we're going to spend our time today just talking about this very simple but crucial gift to us of forgiveness. As I was thinking this week about forgiveness, what came to mind for me was a quote by C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis once said about forgiveness, he said, Everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. And, and you probably know exactly what he means, right? That, that forgiveness is amazing. I love how he put it. He says it's lovely. Uh, and it, it really is lovely. It's beautiful. When, when you have been forgiven, it's like the most amazing thing ever. But when you have something to forgive, when you've been hurt, and now you're called to forgive the other person, now suddenly it's not quite as lovely. It's, it's actually really, really hard. And, and you've probably experienced both sides of that. Uh, let's start with the lovely, though. It really is lovely. And, and if you've ever been unexpectedly uh, and you know undeservedly forgiven, right, it's just an amazing thing. I, I can remember the first time that I began to see how lovely forgiveness is. And it happened when I, I was forced to kind of face up to the fact that forgiveness is not just automatic and, and it's not to be taken for granted, but it's a choice that someone makes. Uh, you see, one day I was at basketball practice. I think I was in eighth grade. And it was at the end of the practice. And my coach was trying to tell us something that I was not interested in. And so for some reason, and I don't know why my junior high brain thought this would be a good idea, but for some reason I thought, I'm going to steal the ball from the coach while he's talking to us and disrupt practice. I'm going to take that ball. And I don't know what I was going to do with it once I had it, but I just thought this was going to be funny. It was going to be a good idea. So he's holding the ball kind of cradled under his arm, and I go to swipe it. But instead of swiping the ball, I, I, I scratch him right in the eye. And in my memory, that was kind of the end of things. Like he curled over, he was obviously in, in pain, and I'm curled over in embarrassment and, and guilt. And in my memory, just everyone goes their way. The coach kind of shuffles off, and I, I try to scamper away and hiding. Uh, well, the next day, uh, to be quite honest, I don't know that I thought much about it, but the next day I'm, I'm at school, and the coach was also a teacher there. And I'm putting things in my locker, and, and the coach, he finds me. He says, Peter, can you come talk to me? He pulls me over into this little side room where the teachers made their copies and just the two of us in this close space. And he says, Peter, did you see my eye? And suddenly now I see it and it's scratched. It looked kind of bloodied and, and blackened and, and bruised. And he just kind of stands there and there's a silence in between us. And so finally I say, I'm, I'm sorry. I think I just kind of mumbled it, it out. And you know, up to that point in my life, I had just taken forgiveness for granted. Like there was a formula there. You say, I'm sorry. And the other person says, I forgive you. This is just supposed to be kind of how it worked. And so I said, sorry. And suddenly now he wasn't saying, I forgive you. There was just this pause 
there, this big empty space where I thought forgiveness should be. And it occurred to me as I reflected on it that that forgiveness was not automatic, right? It was a choice that he had to make. He could either forgive me or he could not. And and, and, and to get to the end of the story, he did. Uh, But that space there, that pause, reminded me that, again, this was not some formula, uh, but that forgiveness was a gift. And when you've been given the the gift of forgiveness, it, it truly is lovely. And maybe you've experienced that, but but you've probably also experienced how hard forgiveness is. And forgiveness is hard, right? Like when, when your dad walks out on you when you're just a kid and, and he never says sorry and he never comes back, like how do you forgive him? That's really hard. And when a, or when a spouse walks away from you after the vows they, they made to you, how do you forgive them? Or, or when a friend gossips about you when they should be standing up for you and, and supporting you and saying nice things about you, that's, that makes forgiveness really, really hard. Or, or when a sibling lies to your face after all of the times you had stayed up late at night sharing secrets, right? Now they're going to lie to you? How can you forgive them? Forgiveness is hard. And Paul knew that. As he writes today in, in 2 Corinthians, Paul knew how hard forgiveness was because he had been deeply and personally hurt by the Corinthians, but also, it seems, by one person of the church in Corinth in particular. Now, we don't know this person's name, and and we actually don't know what they did to Paul, but we do know from from verse 4 that they have caused Paul great distress and anguish of heart and many tears. Someone in the Corinthian church has made life really hard for Paul. They have hurt him deeply. And yet, in verse 7, he says, you ought to forgive and comfort him. Paul knew how hard it was, but he also knew that we are forgiven people who forgive people. Uh, but, but forgiveness, it, it's hard. And, and the truth is that I, I think uh, Paul has to tell the Corinthians, command them, if you will, to forgive because it's not something that comes natural. It's not an instinct. At least it's not our first instinct to forgive when we have been hurt, is it? When, when someone hurts us or sins against us, there's a lot of things we, we tend to do first, a lot of other boxes we check. When, when someone hurts us, we hold on to it, and we collect these hurts, and we save them away, sock them away for a rainy day. We use them as ammunition later on, or, or we, we take these hurts and we use them to hang over someone else's head, uh, or, or we've been hurt, and then we plot and we wait so that we can exact our revenge. Sadly, sometimes we take the hurts and the sins against us and we let them define us. We see ourselves in light of them. They become hinge moments in our lives. There was life before dad walked out or the spouse quit on us, and then there was life after that moment. There are lots of things we do with our hurts and the sins that have been committed against us, but forgiveness isn't always the first thing we do. Maybe not even the second or the third or the fourth. It's not natural to us. Which is why I think when you hear stories of forgiveness, that, that stories of forgiveness can be powerful. And, and there are a number that come to mind to me, like the story of Chris Singleton. Now, you might not recognize or remember that name, but I would guess that you remember the story. Chris Singleton was one of the many family members who lost someone dear to them after that terrible church shooting in Charleston, South Carolina, back in 2015. You might remember that a young man walked into a Emmanuel AME church during one of their Bible studies and just started shooting. Killed, I think, 10 people. And, and there was an amazing story of forgiveness there, one that definitely blew my mind, where, where during one of the, the, the pre-trial hearings, uh, many of the family members got up and speaking to the killer, the one who had murdered their family members, forgave the man. 
That was just amazing. Because forgiveness doesn't come naturally, especially not after something like that. And yet here they were offering to this man freedom and forgiveness. Or another story that came to mind for me was the story of the Amish from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You might remember that in 2005, a man walked into to an Amish schoolhouse and he, and he tied up uh, the children there and he shot 10 girls, killing five of them. And then later on, the, the entire Amish community came out to his court hearing and again, forgave him. And th those kinds of stories, they amaze us because forgiveness, we know, is, is lovely when we're receiving it, but really, really hard when we have something to forgive. And, and so today what I would like to do, considering how lovely and beautiful it is and important it is to our faith, but also how difficult it can be, what I'd like to do in, in the time that we have left is to talk about what forgiveness is, why we forgive, who we forgive, and how we can possibly forgive as we've been forgiven. Again, we're going to talk about what forgiveness is and a little bit about what it's not. Then we're going to talk about why we forgive. Why would God ask us to forgive in the first place? Then we'll talk about who we forgive and, and how we can begin the process. Well, let's start with what it is. Uh, I think that for Christians, forgiveness is the act of setting someone free from the debt that they owe you so that they can experience the love of Jesus. I'll say that again. Forgiveness is setting someone free from the debt that they owe you so that they can experience the love of Jesus. See, in a, in a sense, uh, every time someone hurts you, it, it's like they're handing over one of these, an IOU. <laughs> because when someone wrongs you, they owe you something. If, if they steal something from you, they, they owe you what they took, plus probably interest. If they break something that's yours, they, they owe you a new one. If they lie to you, they, they owe you the truth. And, and no matter what they do, they, they owe you an apology, don't they? So when someone hurts you, they owe you something. There's some debt there that needs to be paid. It's like they're, they're handing over an IOU. And, and the truth is that, that many of us, we're, we're collecting these like they're trading cards or like they're candy. We've got stacks of IOUs because, because we've been really, really hurt and we're storing them. We're holding on to them. We're sticking them into drawers or hanging them into closets or, or putting them in the fridge. We got IOUs all over the place. And, 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 and truthfully, the, the act of forgiveness is the act of, of tearing these up and throwing them away, saying, you don't owe me anymore. You're free from, from the debt that you once owed. Now, now, brothers and sisters, if you've ever, if you've ever forgiven, you, you know how, how freeing that is, especially when you've been holding on to these IOUs, these wrongs and these debts, right? There's something freeing for you in that act of forgiveness, of, of letting it go away, to, to, to know that you don't have to keep track of them, of where they are and, and how much they are, but, but to just give it away, to be free from that. There's something freeing for you. But there's also freedom there for the other person because now they don't have to live with that guilt and that shame and that burden on their shoulders, and, and without that weighing them down, they are free now to experience the love of Christ. See, that's what it means to forgive. It's the act of releasing the person from their debt so that they can be free to experience the love of Jesus. Now, having said what forgiveness is, we should probably also talk about what it's not. And the first thing that it's not is that to forgive someone is not to dismiss the, the wrong or the sin that's been done, right? And that's where I think we often get forgiveness wrong today. We, we often dismiss wrongs and sins rather than forgiving them, right? When someone hurts us, we say, it's okay, no big deal, don't worry about it. I hear this, I say it all of the time. 
But that's not forgiveness. Paul, in this letter today, doesn't dismiss the wrong done against him. In fact, he has been deeply wronged by the Corinthians, and, and so he writes them a number of letters. He addresses the problem. He doesn't dismiss it. And so when it hurts us, we don't have to say, oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. We can say, yeah, that really hurt. And that was a really big problem. But I set you free. You are free now to experience the love of Jesus. You don't owe me anything. So forgiveness is not the same as dismissing someone or dismissing some sin or wrong against us. us uh, forgiveness, then, is also not a sign of weakness. We, we might think of it that way, right? That if I'm going to forgive someone, that, that I have to become the weaker person. But I, I think that forgiveness actually takes a lot of strength. To, to, to be free, to let go of that debt, that takes a lot of courage, a, a lot of power, you could say. Uh, forgiveness is not a sign of weakness. And then uh, finally, I'd like to touch on probably the most important thing that forgiveness is not. And this is where I think we've gotten it wrong. Even us in the church have gotten it wrong. And, and that is that forgiveness is different than reconciliation. A reconciliation is the restoration of a relationship. And, and that takes two. But forgiveness is, is different. I can forgive you even if, if you don't want the forgiveness. I can set you free from the debt even if you don't ask for it. But, but reconciliation takes two parties. And, and so where we've gotten this wrong, I think, sometimes is that we've treated forgiveness as, as though when you forgive someone, now you need to, to befriend them again. Or, or you need to open yourself back up to, to having them come back in your life. And, and that's just not always the case. See, the, the truth is that the statistics would tell us that that some of you watching this today have been verbally, physically, emotionally, sexually abused by someone in your life. And, and while you are called to forgive that person, you are not uh, asked to, to ask them back into your life. And God is not saying that you have to put yourself in harm's danger again and invite that abuse back into your life. That's not forgiveness. That's reconciliation. That's not always possible. It, it might be, but in many cases, it's not. In many cases, maybe most, we, we need boundaries. We, we need protection. We have to watch out for each other. Because if we're letting each other be hurt, then none of us are experiencing the love of Jesus. And so just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that you need to open back up that door to invite that person back into your life so that they can hurt you again. And so I just want to say, if, if that is you and you have been hurt in any of those ways, as your pastor, I am here for you. Uh, I, I am here to listen to your hurt. I am here to, to maybe help you walk through that hard process of, of forgiveness. But I'm also here to help protect you and, and to help you set up some of those boundaries uh, that, that we all need. And so to forgive someone is, is not to invite hurt and pain back into our life. It, it's not to say that now you need to befriend or this person or get back together with that spouse who, who continues a, a, an abusive pattern of behavior. That's not the case at all. It is simply saying, you don't owe me anymore. The wrongs that you did to me do not define me. I, I am setting you free so that you might experience the love of Christ. That's what forgiveness is. All right, now let's talk about why we forgive. And today in our reading, I, I think Paul makes that pretty clear. And he, he says it there in verse 8. He, he says, I urge you, therefore, uh, to forgive in order that you reaffirm your love for him, for this person that has hurt Paul. That, that is that the forgiveness is an act of love. We forgive because we love. Now notice what word Paul uses there, right? He doesn't say uh, affirm your liking for him. <laughs> We might not like someone, but, but that's not why we forgive. 
We, we forgive because we love. And Jesus reminds us that we are called to love all people just as he loved the world. We are even called to love our enemies. And so because we, we have the love of Christ filling us, that's why we forgive, to encourage people in the love of Jesus. Not because we like them, but because we love them. And that then brings us to who. And if we're called to love all people, then who do we forgive? It's, it's everyone, not just our friends, not just the people who are easy to forgive, not just our, our families, but we forgive even our enemies, even those people who have hurt us deeply. Again, you don't have to like them. But we forgive out of love, a love we're called to have for all people. Finally, that brings us to how. How can we possibly forgive someone who has hurt us so deeply? How can we just tear up those IOUs? Well, the truth is that I think forgiveness, the hard work of forgiveness, begins and ends with Jesus. Jesus did the most lovely thing for us in forgiving us of our sins. And it was hard for him, right? It wasn't easy for Jesus to forgive us. It, it cost Jesus his life. Jesus had, had to pay the price for sins he never committed. Uh, he had to die on the cross, a death he, he certainly did not deserve. And yet Jesus did that hard work to free us from our debts, the debts of our sin. Uh, Jesus removed our guilt and our shame, those burdens that we carry, so that we might be free to experience his amazing love. We have been forgiven by Christ. And forgiven people forgive people. That which we have received, we share. See, that's what I think, that, that the members of Emmanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina, and, and what the Amish in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and what the Apostle Paul in writing to the Corinthians, I think that's what they all knew. Uh, they knew that, that Christ had died for them so that they might be forgiven and set free. And they knew that forgiven people forgive people, that Jesus had lifted up their burdens and taken away their debt, and, and that they had the love of Christ in them. And with that love of Christ filling their hearts, they forgave. And brothers and sisters, I pray that we would do the same. Because forgiven people forgive people. And you are forgiven. And isn't it lovely? In Jesus' name. We continue at this time as we speak together our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Will you join me in speaking these bold words as we declare who we believe in? Let us confess. I believe.